Hi, this is Dennis Knight of the Savannah Morning News, and this is the latest edition of the On the 50-Yard Line podcast, where we take a look at what's going on in the uh, high school football scene in the greater Savannah area. So last week we had week 12, the last week of the regular season. A couple games that I covered included Benedictine uh, rolling to a 45-6 45 to 6 win over New Hampstead, and that was a score at halftime in that game. I thought it would be a lot closer than that, but BC was pretty fired up after they they rolled to a win over Islands the week before, but they didn't really show the focus and intensity that Coach Grit wanted to see. So he pushed them pretty hard, and they came into the last week of the season against a strong New Hampstead squad and just rolled to a win. Luke Cromenhawk had four touchdown passes all in the first half on. 11 of 14 passing for 193 yards. Zaquan Bryan ran for a 61-yard touchdown and took the first touch of the game for BC, 60 yards on a punt return. Uh, Thomas Blackshear had four catches for 64 yards and two touchdowns in that first half as BC was able to play its reserves much of the second half. One bad point for the cadets in that game was the loss of Ack Edwards who uh who's been really solid especially in the passing game as a the junior running back this year he had two catches for 54 yards in that game including a 23 yard touchdown and he uh but he hurt his knee his left knee at the end of the second in the second quarter there and it looks like he'll be out for the season it's really sad because he's a tough competitor and missed most of his sophomore season with an ankle injury at the end of the first half there too it was a pretty amazing play as Cromer Hawk hit LaDon Bryan with uh, with a Hail Mary in the back of the end zone for a 42-yard touchdown. So BC will be entering the playoffs. We'll talk a little bit about their matchup in a minute as a number one seed in Class 4A, the defending 4A state champs. Uh, then I was out to see Johnson play against against Long County in a winner, winner uh, take all, so to speak, winner go home game for the fourth seed in, in Region 3-3A. John, the game was tied zero to zero at the half, and it ended up being thirty-eight to fourteen, uh, Long County. So that kind of ruined the under for uh, <laughs> for anyone betting on that game. But it was uh, Johnson. You know, they lost the game, but um, but they they had a great season, five and five under Kenderick Bonner. I think it's his fifth year at the helm. They were going for their third straight uh, playoff appearance, which would have been a, a school record, but. Uh, He's going to miss a senior class of like 20, 20 guys who have really uh, stepped up to make Johnson, you know, someone to consider in the area when it comes to football. Uh, guys like Makari Stafford, the uh, senior linebacker, Malon Petty, the two-way lineman, who also almost a 300-pound kid who uh, also does the punting and place kicking for the team. A great kid, two-way, two-way standout. Jaden Boone. Another two-way guy on the line uh, who's a big leader for the team, along with running back Amari and Scott, Jaden Jones, who filled in a quarterback when Malachi Bacon went down at the end of the year. He's also a great defensive back, getting some interest from schools like Savannah State. And Michael Ellison, defensive back, and Samari Dowdy. Those guys were all, all graduating and moving on. Some of them We'll be playing at the college level, but I just wanted to give a, a shout out to uh, Ken Derek Bonner for the job he's done over there at Johnson. Also, I usually don't uh, 
throw my opinion into things as a, as a reporter. I try to be straight in my stories that I write. And I was straight in this story, too, but I really have to say something about Statesboro forfeiting uh, a game that's supposed to be played at Memorial Stadium last week at, at Jenkins over uh, alleged threat on on uh, Snapchat. Uh, the school officials said that they were worried about the safety of their students and stuff, which I can understand that. But show some evidence of of what happened. There was no evidence at all shown about uh Snapchat, which I guess disappears. I'm not on Snapchat, but I guess it disappears soon after you post it. Anyway, that game was for the uh, number three or number four seed coming out of Region 15A. So Statesboro, you know, which has a long history of of excellence in its sports programs, they they forfeited the game. I mean, I, people around town, I, I talked to people in the know about this, and they were they were given. Uh, many you know assurances and and things that that would have been done to assure their safety and the team safety and uh including uh playing the game on the next day even from what i hear and uh anyway i'd just like to know what those statesboro the players and, and parents feel about about that decision i think it was what was weak and uh embarrassing for the school and that's my that's my colonizing on that situation uh colonizing that's my opinion about it i just thought i couldn't believe that actually so anyway i just wanted to to get that out there because i usually don't write columns and things like that now we're now we're headed to the playoffs so here's what we got for area teams we got benedictine the number one seed in in class or out of Region 3-4A. The cadets are 8-2 and two with those two losses coming to Ware County and Columbia, uh, teams that are have a 19-1 combined record. Uh, I think Benedictine's poised to make another deep playoff run. They're the defending 4A champs. Um, they got this defense allowing under 10 points a game, featuring Cole Simeon, Jeremiah Thomas, Elijah Alexander, and third Scroggins up front with Bryce Baker, Wilkes Albert, and Jonathan Hardy, who just picked up a Savannah State offer over the weekend at linebackers. Uh, senior Zaquan Bryan has come on strong. He's been kind of nursing this injury uh, for, uh, for all season, but the last two games he has four touchdowns, including a pair of punt returns. So look for him to hook up with Luke Kromenhawk, who's who's really come on strong, the, the junior uh, – the junior had committed to Florida State before he ever started a, a game at quarterback for the cadets. And now he's thrown for nearly close to 1,900 yards with 21 TD passes on the year. Thomas Blackshear has emerged as one of the best playmakers in the state. An offense that he's only a sophomore, has the commit or uh, offers from Minnesota and Boston College on his list. I talked about they'll be missing Ack Edwards, a uh, really scrappy player who I who I uh, admire, who's going to be out with a knee injury, it looks like. Whitewater uh, has a strong running game. They got 11 different players who have rushed for touchdowns on the season, and they have a big-time recruit in Raul Aguirre, who has a linebacker who had offers, including Alabama and Ohio State, but has uh, committed to Miami. He's averaging double-digit tackets tackles per game. So keep an eye on Aguirre in this game. 
Will Snellings is also another good linebacker on the Whitewater squad. He's got offers from teams like Old Dominion and North Alabama. That game will be Friday night at Memorial Stadium. Some of these games are going to be on Saturday due to a shortage of referees throughout the state. So Salem or Calvary Day, the number one seed out of Region 3-3A, 9-0. The Cavs are 9-0 on the season. They'll be playing Saturday in a day in a matinee, one o'clock Saturday kickoff at Calvary Day. They're they're hosting Salem, a team that's two and eight. I guess they're Salem's coming out of one of those regions with that doesn't have many teams uh, to be able to get into the playoffs with that kind of record. But uh, we all know about Calvary. You know they got guys like. On the defensive side of the ball, Terry Simmons Jr. committed to Duke. Troy Ford Jr. committed to University of Central Florida. Those are both juniors in their family tree and seniors on the field. They got A.J. Butts at linebacker. He's a junior standout who, on defense who has come on strong as a running back this year for Calvary after Donovan Johnson went down to IMG Academy, one of the top prospects in the country. For the sophomore. So Butts has 552 yards rushing, 10 touchdowns on the ground. The offense with Jake Merklinger, a four-star prospect, uh, over 1,500 yards passing with 10, 27 touchdowns and just two picks on the season. Uh, his uh, receiving crew, you know, includes Michael Smith, a four-star tight end, Dupa Coleman, the sophomore receiver who's garnering a lot of of power five offers and and Caden Arnold, one of the most underrated receivers in the area. Uh, all three of those guys have eight touchdown catches each. The Cavs, you know, should roll this win, I would say. And then uh, then they'll face the winner of Mary Persons and Doherty in the second round, which they would host. If they win that one, it'd be leading to a potential quarterfinal matchup with Cedar Grove, the number one ranked team in 3A. That game, if it happened, would come down to a coin flip because uh, they're both number one seeds as to who hosted. But that's what they're looking like on their path to the uh, playoffs. Last year, they were in Class 1A private and finished 12-1 and after losing in to Fellowship Christian in the quarterfinals. Savannah Christian, not, which is 9-1 and with their only loss coming in a 34-28 to setback against Calvary, will be ho- hosting Hepzibah, I think. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Saturday night. At five o'clock, that game will be at Pooler Stadium. Uh, Savannah Christian has been averaging 45 points a game and allowing just 10.6 per contest. The run game has been real strong. Sophomore Zoe Smalls has emerged as one of the top running backs in the Coastal Empire. He's got 20 total touchdowns with 1,076 yards rushing on the season. Paul Zittrauer, the quarterback, is really coming to his own. Behind center, he's rushed for 331 yards and eight scores, and he's passed for 1355 and 13 touchdowns. Really consistent and a great leader on the offense there. Kenry Wall and Jaden Hester added that running game. They combined for more than 800 yard rushing with 17 total touchdowns between them. And the defense has been spectacular. Elijah Griffin, the defensive lineman who's rated as a top sophomore prospect in the country, he got that offer from UGA when he was in eighth grade and he's shown why all season he has 58 tackles and eight sacks on the year I think he had three and a half sacks last week against Liberty County in a 40 to six win linebacker Logan Brooking whose father was the famous 
linebacker for the Atlanta Falcons and is now an assistant with the Savannah Christian squad. He picked up an offer from Duke this week to add to previous offers from South Carolina and Virginia Tech. And that sophomore is looking strong. He has 11 sacks among his 47 tackles on the year. Uh, Griffin, so look for Savannah Christian. They they haven't been ranked yet. I think AJC might have them in the top 15, but I really think that performance against Calvary Day uh, has shown that they can compete with the best teams in the state. And I think they're being overlooked in those rankings. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Savannah Christian make a run under Baker Woodward, who's a, a great coach over there. Um, and we got Effingham County. They uh, they gave Brunswick, undefeated Brunswick, a, a run for their money down down there in Brunswick in the game that decided the Region 268 title last week. Uh, they lost 30 to 27, scoring late on a on a pass from Nate Hayes to to Keon Wallace. Uh, Nate Hayes is really coming coming to his own this year as a, first year as a starting quarterback. He's thrown for over 1,400 yards with 12 touchdowns, and he's run for 314 yards. They got Wallace, like I was talking about. He's He's got offers including Texas A&M and Georgia Tech. He has 900, oh, I'm sorry, nine touchdown catches on the year and 500 yards receiving. Jaden Evans leads that run game with uh, over 1,000 yards on the season. And then that defense has been really solid allowing just under 15 points a game. Ashley Thompson with offer from Air Force and Timmy Brown, both those guys have offers from Air Force and they're in the backfield along with Wallace and Miss Messiah Bacon who has five picks on the year. So Effingham will be hosting Lee County, which is coming from a really strong region. Uh, Lee County's led by their running back, Osmain Chroma, I hope I'm pronouncing that first name right. He has 17 touchdowns and over 1,300 yards uh, receiving through, that was through nine games, I believe. That kid has offers that include Georgia, Alabama, and Florida State. So he's a, just a sophomore. So that kid's the real deal and is going to give, uh, going to give Effingham a challenge in trying to slow him down. Lee County, is ranked number nine among class six teams by the AJC and the rebels weren't listed in the top 10, but I, I think they're right, right there. Uh, this will be a tough challenge for them. Then, then we got Jenkins. Like I said, they got the number three seed because of that uh, forfeit and they'll be playing at Warner Robins um, Saturday at 7 PM. Jenkins has wins on the field over Bluffton, Greenbrier and Bradwell. They're a run-first team that averages 195 yards. I mean, they've only passed for 195 yards on the season. Uh, sophomore Jayon Albert has stepped into the role of the top running back after Josh Pridgen, who rushed for over 1,000 yards last year, missed the last four games with an injury. Albert has 550 yards rushing. Pridgen, who has 322 yards rushing, is looking to come back from this injury. And... Uh, Coach Tony Welch thinks the team is, has they've had some a really tough schedule with four of those losses that they have coming to top teams ranked in the top seven of their respective uh, classifications in Carrollton, Ware County, Wayne County, and, and Coffee. So Coach Welch thinks that 
they can give Warner Robins, which is the two-time defending Class 5A champion, a fight up there, up there near the Macon area. But it'll be a tough one. The Demons feature a, a defensive end and Vic Burley, a 290-pound senior who's committed to Clemson. And they also have a solid quarterback in Chase Reese and Malcolm Brown, a running back whose offers include North Carolina State and Virginia. So this will be a tough one for Jenkins, four and six, going up against a Warner Robins squad who's six and four, but battle-tested as Jenkins is. New Hampstead will be at Troop County. New Hampstead is the number four seed coming out of three, four A. They're going up against Troop County, a team that's nine and one on the season. New Hampstead has a strong passing game led by Polly Seeley, who's rushed, uh, who has passed for more than 2,200 yards. And the Wofford commit has 25 touchdown passes on the season with eight interceptions. He's got some talented receivers, including Malachi Lonnen, who has 27 catches for 516 and 11 touchdowns. And Jalen Hampton, 40 catches, 565 and six scores to go along with Zion Griffin with 44 catches and 360 yards and four scores. Caleb Smith gives the Phoenix a, a decent running back, a decent running option with 650 yards and five touchdowns on the year. Troop County is ranked number four among Class 4A teams by the AJC. And they their best player is Teo Todd. He's a, a dual-threat quarterback, 5'9", 175-pound junior. His kids rushed for 1,600 yards and 22 touchdowns and thrown for 1,680 and 18 touchdowns. So this kid has an offer from Georgia Tech, and he'll be one that that defense from New Hampshire is focusing on. Uh, Kyle Hockman's squad, they've, been, they've shown they're really tough, tough on the road. So I wouldn't be surprised to see New Hampshire be in this game until the very end if and maybe maybe pull an upset. I like I like uh, Kyle Hockman's style with that team. His teams are always prepared. Liberty County had the number three seed at a region three three A, and they'll be at Morgan County six uh, for a six thirty kickoff on Saturday. Oh, that New Hampshire game is uh, seven o'clock Friday at Troop County. But Liberty County at Morgan County six thirty Saturday, and uh, junior quarterback. Carlos Singleton has had a really good year for the uh, Panthers. He's thrown for 14 touchdown passes with 1,761 yards through the air, and he's rushed for 414 yards and three scores. He's got some quality targets in James Somerset, who has 670 yards receiving and seven touchdowns with 31 catches, and Ron Golden with 38 catches for 569 and four scores. Morgan County. Uh, has a quarterback in Taylor Fowler who's thrown for almost 1,200 yards with 13 touchdowns. His top target is T.J. Thompson, who has 31 catches for 705 yards and 12 scores. So that should be a, a tough test for Liberty County, uh, who's back in the playoffs. They've devoted or dedicated their season to to their coach Kirk Warner, who died from cancer. He was there for 20 years, a former UGA tight end died from a rare form of cancer over the summer. So Panthers will be playing in his memory. Bryan County is at Heard County in a region one or class one 
Class A Division One, uh, the new one of the new classifications this year. Sherrard Freeman has really turned around this Bryan County squad, which is back in the playoffs for the first time since 2015. Uh, they they lost their top player and junior running back Austin Clemens with a knee injury in game four, but they've had a lot of guys step up, guys like Connor Leggett, who leads the team in rushing, and Andreas McKinney, Jakari Carney, and Aaron Green have all been big parts of that running game as the, those three have combined for 600 yards and eight touchdowns with Leggett running for over 500 yards himself. Tanner Ennis is leader of that defense at safety and he or linebacker and safety uh he ran back a kick for a score and caught a touchdown pass in a 40 to 19 win in the final week of the regular season at Claxton. that that was the final game ever played in the pecan grove and uh brian county ruined it for Claxton, who wanted to go out with a win there but uh the brian county defense has been strong behind tim adams the former jenkins coach who's the defense coordinator down there so they're they're looking to to show they belong against Heard County five and five squad. That game will be seven thirty at Friday. Then we go to Skiza. Bethesda has reached the uh, Skiza Class Two A state semifinals. They'll be they have an eight three record on the year, and they're going against Williamsburg Academy, which is ten and zero, the undefeated squad. Uh, Noah Jenkins went over a thousand yards on the season in the final regular season game. Uh, He's got 1,022 yards and 12 scores, while Corey Stafford has 797 yards rushing and 10 touchdowns. Quarterback Tristan Randall has thrown for over 900 yards and 11 scores, adding four more rushing touchdowns. And he also is a linebacker and leads the, the Blazer squad with 78 tackles. So Antoine Turner has his team. I think they won two or three games last year. It's been a turnaround season for the Blazers. And they're looking if they can win this one to reach state finals, Giza state finals. In Giza action, uh, St. Andrews lost at Frederica Academy. I think it was 40 to 7 on the last week of the season. And then uh, it's not Giza anymore, it's GIAA. And uh, they did their playoff seedings based on power rankings and St. Andrews had a five and five record and didn't make it. It was kind of a surprising choice there. And I know Kevin Prasant in his first year uh, at St. Andrews after a long time as an assistant at, at Benedictine, he wasn't happy with that, with how that all panned out. But it, it was a good year for for St. Andrews with a five and five record with behind the uh, Edwards brothers, Zayden at quarterback and Zaire at receiver they those kids combined to really put on an offensive show for the lions all year and now they'll be doing it on the basketball court as the uh as they defend their giaa state championship uh, so they moved right from the football field to the basketball court for the lions and then in class a in giaa memorial day uh snuck into the playoffs with a one and eight record there weren't many teams in that that division Memorial Day has one win on the season. Uh, Tyler Kendall had four touchdown passes in that game. A win over Notre Dame Academy with three to Julian Zamora. Uh, so they were looking to to make an upset here. They're at Flint River Friday night, 7.30 kickoff. Uh, Flint River is four and six on the year. And that, uh, that 
Bethesda game is going to be 7.30 Friday night at, at Williamsburg Academy. So that's it for this week's edition, the playoff edition of On the 50-Yard Line podcast. It was a long one. And we'll be back next week to let you know how things went in the first round of the playoffs.